Hello, my name is Dan Hansen. Welcome to my first ever podcast, How Not to Suck at the Stocks. All right, disclaimers. First off, this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Inside, you are going to find absolutely zero actionable, actual financial advice. Okay? Inside, you're going to find absolutely zero educational content. Once again, this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Number two, this podcast is extremely not safe for work. So consider yourself warned. All right, let's hop in to my first ever question. Comes from B. Oh, by the way, I posted these questions on Reddit about a month ago. Pardon me, burp. Uh, oh, Jesus. All right. Uh, first question comes from BSD Big Swinging Dick. He asks, What is your resume? If you don't mind me asking, no offense. Well, no offense, they're taken. Big Swinging Dick. I find that a perfectly pertinent uh, question to be asking. But we need to know if you are actually qualified. Well, I can answer that. So the short answer is no. I'm, I'm in no way, shape, or form qualified to be doing. Uh, podcast. I never went to podcast school. No, um, I, I'm not. I, I'm not an expert. You're never going to hear me claim to be an expert. This is all just my opinion. Uh, you know, so there you have it. Um, I have been investing for over five years. Uh, I've done very well for myself. Uh, 18.5% versus the market's 15.5% over that same time period. That's including dividends. Uh, that's time-weighted return. Um, I just took the second level of the CFA last June. I'm pretty sure I passed it. I'd be surprised if I didn't, but you know, anything's possible. As for my resume, uh, you're not going to find a whole lot on there having to do with finance. I did graduate from business school. Um, my last job was as a, at a credit card processing company doing sales and consulting. Um, before then I was a carpet estimator. And before then, for a very brief amount of time, I was an equity analyst. Um, it was more of a mentoring type situation, which I highly recommend, by the way. Um, being able to find someone who you respect, who will show you the ropes and pay you while he's doing it, that's, that's obviously a wonderful situation. So I'd highly recommend that to uh, anyone who's interested in uh, pursuing a career in uh, finance. Let's see... The next question, thank you very much, Big Swinging Dick. The next question comes from Beer and Cheese Consumer, Level 2 Candidate. Congratulations, Beer and Cheese Consumer. Hope you passed. Uh, we won't know until uh, July 25th, I believe. So Beer and Cheese Consumer asks, how can I guarantee superior returns? Okay, this one is very easy. So first thing you're going to want to do is open up your resume. So open up Word, or if you're a cheap ass, open up Open Office. I'll wait. Okay. Open it up, and at the top, I want you to put exactly this. Superior return. This is all capitalized, by the way. Type in superior returns guaranteed motherfucker. That last part is very important. One word, motherfucker. It shows potential employers that you are 100% serious about this. So let's... Move it on right along. Let's see. Indigo Reality, also a level two candidate. Good luck, Indigo Reality. How would I apply the efficient frontier to my portfolio? Easy. You wouldn't. Let's see. 
uh, Hollow Mist asks, where can one access your podcast? Well, presumably you already have. I'll be posting it on SoundCloud. I'll be spamming it on Reddit and my friends and family on Facebook. Um, I'm going to skip prospective CFA95's question for the moment because it's really only particular to his situation. Uh, okay, Cyahan, a level one candidate. Good luck, Cyahan. He asked me what motivates people to take the CFA and what motivated me. So what motivated me, remember that mentor I told you about? He basically told me that if you're interested in this stuff, you want to pursue a career in finance, then you should take the CFA. So that night, I went home, I registered for it, started studying for it the next day, and I was off to the races. That's why I did it. As for most people, I you know it's to make more money or to get the the job they want. Uh, some people actually do do it for the education. I mean, I I find that hilarious. But there are people that you know do partake in education for the education. Let's see. Uh, the second part I can't answer. He's basically asking what kind of jobs should people be going for or staying away from. Pardon me, burp. Uh. Um. I don't have a cough button, so you're just going to have to put up with that, I suppose. Um, so, yeah, like I said, I can't answer this question. So right now, this podcast is just me talking to myself. I would love if it got to the point where I actually had guests on the show who were actually professionals in the field and had you know greater insight into uh, you know things like this. This is a very important question. Um I can tell you there is a subreddit called Financial Careers, which is probably going to be more help than some random asshole burping into his mic. Uh, let's see. All right. So JB2082 asks, basically, how do I study for the CFA exams? So this question is going to take the rest of the podcast. I promise CFA, perspective, CFA 95 that I will get to your question at the very end. But, okay, so this is going to be the meat of the podcast here, how you pass a CFA exam. Number one, you're going to want to set how many hours you need to put into it and then actually hit that target. So the number you hear thrown around a lot is 300. If you're an MBA with you know that works in the field, maybe you can get by on 200 or 250. But if you're crossing over from like a STEM, for example, and you've never taken an accounting or finance class in your life, Maybe you're going to need more like 350 or 400. So it really depends on you. But one thing I will say about the number of hours is don't think you're being ultra efficient by skimming by on the skin of your teeth. Okay? Because level one is going to build on level two. So if you, let's say you needed 300 hours to pass and you do 350, you didn't waste those 50 hours because they're going to help you level two. And just look at the risk-reward. On the flip side, if you needed 300 hours and you don't do 300 hours, if you do like 250 or, God forbid, 295, and you fail, well, then you're fucked. Not only did you waste all that time, now you got to wait a half a year to a year, depending on when your next exam is. So I feel like it's better to play it safe. And if you go over, you go over. It's not going to kill you. If anything, it's going to help you on the next exam. And with that said, if you're studying for the level two, you don't have to go back to level one. Everything you need for level two is on level two. So... Next, set a schedule and stick to it. Remember, like, your mommy ain't there to help you. There's no teacher. There's no quizzes. There's no attendance. There's no boss. Like, this is all on you. 
So set a schedule and stick to it. If you're going to study eight hours every Saturday, then fucking study eight hours every Saturday. You know, like there is no like, oh, I'm going to take this week off. Oh, I'm going to take this week off or like and do it when you wake up. Prioritize it. It's called a priority principle. Okay, don't wait till the afternoon to do it because by then your friends are calling you up to hang out and shit. So just get it done. So set a schedule, stick to it, hit your hours. So going through the material, the way I like to do it, I first like to go through the Schwazer, doing all the questions. Then I like to go through this official CFA material. So I actually go through it more than once. And when I go through the material, I do all the questions. All right. That's the big problem I have with level two is I was skipping a lot of the blue box questions because with level one, Biyuku from the forum likened it to level one, you study for a marathon, you prepare for a marathon and you only have to run a 10 K whereas level two actually is a marathon. And that's where I was, where I, for level two, I was overconfident. I was just studying for a 10 K and then I got to about two months out. I realized I was fucked and I needed to start really ramping up my studying. So keep that in mind. And do the questions, even if you have no idea what the fuck you're doing. You might be sitting there for 20 minutes doing some 20, you know, depreciation schedule. And you're like, they're never going to ask me to do a 20-minute calculation on the exam. You're right. They never will. There's not enough time for the exam for that. But they will test you on your knowledge of that process. And, yeah, just do the questions, do the challenge questions, get your ass kicked. Have no idea what the fuck you're doing. It's perfectly fine. The earlier you're exposed to it, the better you're going to be. Um, so then after I've gone through the material a couple of times doing all the questions, then you can do spot training. Like for example, if you suck at the math, then skip the readings and just do all the questions over again, all the blue box, all the end of chapter. On the flip side, if you suck at the trivia, like the more qualitative stuff, then you can skip the questions and just read through the material, like spend a month just reading through Schwazer. So I did for level one, like all of January, I started through the Schwazer again to get all that trivia down. Um... Then you're going to want to save yourself at least two months for doing mocks. Like, do the topic tests online. They're going to give you an official CFA mock. Swayze is going to provide six more. Um, going back and finding old mocks isn't quite as helpful as you like to believe because they just retried a lot of the questions. So you really have about seven mocks at your disposal. There might be more you can find from different providers. I've never used anything else. But the CFA and the Swayze ones are good. And yeah, like that might be a big wake-up call for you. Like it was for me with level two. I thought I was sitting pretty. I had started studying in August, um, which may sound crazy, but like trust me, like six hours a week starting in August, like well, you won't hit 300 hours. Um, so I prefer to span it out. I don't like to cram at the last second. I like to kind of, you know, like I said, span it out. But in any case, I thought I was sitting pretty, and I got my fucking dick kicked in on those online topic tests. I was just like dropping zero, 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 fucking Ericsson, just inverted my asshole so yeah just do it just you know hit them early and so you have time to recover that's the big thing so i was able to like ramp it up and really go in uh to the exam hot and uh yeah that's the long and the short of it uh quick recap figure out your hours set a schedule stick to it go through the material um obviously you know do the questions do all the fucking questions even if you have no idea what the fuck you're doing put the pencil to the paper and do that fucking question to your eyes bleed and then uh, hit the mocks. Do all the mocks. If you do seven mocks, you're, you know, I, I like your odds. If you do everything I just said, I like your fucking odds. A lot better than some asshole that doesn't listen to me. 
So there you have it. That was the quick version. I had to actually redo this because my original version was like five times as long. I have no idea why. I was probably telling like a personal story about my fucking cat. Where's this? I have one last question. Perspective CFA 95. Uh, this fucking question. Basically, he's in South Africa. He's got about 800 bucks. He can put 50, this is all American, he can put 50 bucks a month into some sort of account for the next two years. In two years, he wants to have two to $3,000 in today's terms for a deposit for an apartment. Inflation in South Africa is 6%, at least it was a month ago when he asked this question. Sorry, prospective CFA95. Hope this question is still relevant to you. Actually, I hope it is, and I hope someone else who is much more qualified to answer this question, because I am not qualified. Uh, I'm not an expert in many things. I'm definitely not an expert in FX markets. Um, let's let's see, 800 plus. Pardon me. Uh, that should distill confidence in my response. So, if you're starting with 800, you're putting in another 50 a month for two for 24 months. That's going to get you to 2,000. So, okay, again, I cannot qualify this enough. Just I. I'm I'm guessing here. Okay, I'm closing my eyes and putting in B on this one. I would think you want to get your money out of South African dollars to avoid that inflation into American dollars because you're already you're already going to have the money you need. You don't really need to, to appreciate all that much. So you shouldn't be too concerned about wealth appreciation. You should be more about just you know keeping it steady. So I think getting it out of South African dollars into American dollars is probably your best bet. And then from there, just putting into like some you know one or two a year. U.S. Treasury. Uh, yeah, sorry, I couldn't be more helpful than that. Pfft, couldn't be more helpful than that if I were to speak English. Um, <laughs> I could have just kind of told you that in the questions that I basically didn't know what I was talking about. And I said, I'm like, oh, yeah, sure, I'll answer it. No problem. So anyway, sorry to disappoint you, CFA, prospective CFA 95, but that kind of sums up the podcast now, doesn't it? So, all right. Thank you, everyone, who took the time out of their morbid experience they call life to listen to my podcast. Adios. Uh, I meant to stop. Oh, I have to hit this button. Okay, fine.